George McReynolds of McReynolds Wealth Management, registered principal. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member, FINRA SIPC. Investment advisor representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and McReynolds Wealth Management are not affiliated. Advanced level tax planning, income, tax preparation, life coaching, and time management consulting services, and fixed insurance products and services are separate and unrelated to Cambridge. Cambridge does not offer tax advice. As a CFP and RFC, George McReynolds' mission is to help people create compelling dreams for their future, the plans to attain them, and the time to enjoy them. This is the Prosper Podcast. Yeah, thanks again for tuning in to the podcast. George and I are back once again to talk about investing, finance, and retirement here on the Prosper Podcast with George McReynolds. George, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic as usual, but I know things are going to get better. Hanging in there. Well, that's always good. You're always so positive with that. I like that so much. Well, I got a great show lined up for us this week. Uh, I want to talk about a few things here on the podcast. And so make sure you've subscribed to us so that you uh, get these new ones when they come out, as well as old ones by uh, going to the website, theprosperpodcast.com. Actually, just prosperpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can actually subscribe to the show. You'll see on each episode, there's ways for you to share it via social media, things of that nature. So we would certainly appreciate it. And hopefully you'll learn a little something useful. And George, I got a headline for you. I want to run past you to kick things off this week. Extra, extra, read all about it. There's been a lot of discussion about... You know, the Fed doing what they do. And of course, we already had that quarter point tick down earlier this year. But there's a lot of conversation about doing some more uh, messing around with the rates, the Fed rates here going into the fourth quarter to spurn on the holiday season or for whatever reason. But how does this affect us out here as regular investors? And what do you make of it? Well, the timing is perfect because uh, as we're recording this, the Federal Reserve's meeting today and they're going to make an announcement. Oh. My assistant, uh, Sam, and I had a long discussion yesterday, and the uh, market says that there's about a 50% probability that they're going to lower it another quarter. Hmm. Wow. And already the 30-year Treasury is at the lowest rate it's ever been on record, and it could go lower. A number of people, including uh, Alan Greenspan, are talking about negative interest rates. And uh, well, that's where you put, make your deposit and then you lose money. And <laughs> it's worse. It's worse. There's a lot of other things you could do besides putting it in the bank. Even the mattress starts to look when that happens. Yeah, if you're talking negatives, uh, but, for sure. But now the people that are retired and are looking to generate income, it really creates a conundrum. And they could go out and take more risk to make the income or they might need to cut their expenses. The good news is that generally lower interest rates come with lower inflation. But still, being in cash won't beat inflation. So uh, a number of things that people can consider is investing in real estate investments. They can look at high uh, dividend stocks or preferred stocks, which pay a fixed income. And there's also guaranteed investments with such as annuities from insurance companies. Hmm. Well, I'd be curious to see what happens. So yeah, if they take it back down another piece, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. I, I know that... You know, I'm going to get off topic here, George, but that's the fun of a podcast. We can go wherever we want to. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, you know, maybe some of this is, you know, because of trying to deal with the China trade war, how China supposedly has devalued their currency to, you know, are we trying to do the same thing? Is it tit for tat or do you think the economy just needs it? Well, uh, it's one of the factors. My concern is the financial crisis in 2008, I believe, started from the Federal Reserve's action 
with all the crazy mortgages and, and hitting the interest rates too quickly at the wrong time, putting all those uh, homeowners through the windshield. Right. But the other factor was the Treasury's pursuit of a lower dollar to compete with the Chinese. And as a result, every time oil drops, or I'm sorry, every time the dollar drops, oil prices go up. I had an interesting discussion yesterday. They were saying that Trump is, um, basically Trump is the Saudi's bitch that uh, he's uh, doing their bidding. Right. And But really, that's been the case since 1971 when Henry Kissinger made a secret deal with the Saudis, and then we went off of the gold standard in the U.S. Right. And basically, the agreement was that we would be their Department of Defense as long as they denominated oil in dollars, as long as they sold oil in dollars. And we became a, a de facto petrodollar at that point. But what happened in 2007, uh, leading up to the financial crisis, the Treasury kept lowering the dollar, and as a result, oil prices went up. To the rest of the world, oil prices were relatively flat until the spectators, excuse me, speculators got involved uh, later on. But we saw it go up to $146 a barrel at the right. peak in July right. of 2008. And that brought us to the brink of recession already. And then what the Federal Reserve did, raising rates at the wrong time, that sealed the deal. And that created the biggest financial crisis since the 1930s. Yeah, well, it's that's really interesting. And uh, I, lo- I love that comment there. But I think, yeah, I think pretty much all the presidents have kind of been in that situation when it comes to, like you said, from the deal from the 70s. So be curious to see how this continues to play out. And hopefully uh, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see how things shake out. At the time of this taping, we've just recently, a couple of days ago, had that, that bombing of the Saudi fields as well, the oil there. And um, gas, I, I remember I was driving home and I looked at the gas pumps and I said, I should probably get gas tonight. And I was like, well, I'm going back out tomorrow. I'll worry about it tomorrow. And even though we had released some barrels and said there wasn't going to be a big deal, literally the very next day it jumped up 25 cents here where I'm at. So you know, just from 9 p.m. the next that night to 9 a.m. the next morning, it jumped up, you know, 20 some odd cents. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, anyway, let's go ahead and turn our attention to our main topic this week. I'm sure we'll talk more about these developing moves as things progress. But this week, I actually wanted to talk about savers, George. Even the most diligent of savers, there are places where you can maybe get yourself into a groove and have a few missteps. So I wanted to kind of shine some light on those folks who do a great job saving for retirement, but some places they might want to be careful of, like like cash, for example. Since we were just talking about, you know, possibly seeing negative um, interest rates at the bank and you know, like negative returns on money there, people are they get enamored with cash when they do a really good job saving. Maybe there's a dollar amount they feel good about or something, but they wind up just basically losing money safely by having way too much cash. Exactly. CDs sometimes stand for certain death, especially (laughs) if you're purchasing power, because it never keeps up with inflation. Right, exactly. Too many people just think they can run into cash for safety, but they're just making a big mistake. You have to have your money grow at least if you want to buy stuff in the future, whether it's postage stamps or gasoline, prices will generally go up. And you can do that in cash. If you're lucky, you'll you'll be able to break even. And what we came up with a couple of years ago, after I went to a workshop in uh, in Kansas City, was a way to explain a simpler 
financial plan, a retirement plan to clients and to break everything down in terms of safety, growth and income, which is kind of how I described the three choices of investing in my first book, Prosperity by Design. And in your safety bucket, that's things like cash, like CDs, like fixed annuities, but guaranteed money. And that's money for your emergency fund. And, and some financial advisors recommend three to six months. I strongly recommend six to 12 months of all of your expenses, as well as any other money that you're going to spend over the next 12 months. So that's what goes into your safety bucket. To your income bucket, that's the money that you're going to spend on a regular basis. And that could come from pensions, from Social Security, from rental income, uh, but it's steady income that you can spend without selling an investment. And then there's the growth bucket. So whatever is not in safety, whatever is not in income goes into the growth bucket. And growth is what helps you deal with inflation. And then as prices go up and you need more income, you move it from the growth bucket into the income bucket. And odds are that interest rates have gone up if your growth has gone up and they kind of balance each other out that way. Yeah. And so, you know, you, with cash and again, I, and I get the emotional side where you feel as though like, Hey, I want to see a certain thing or whatever, but you got, you just got to remember that purchasing power, you're just losing money safely. So again, you want to make sure that even if you're doing a great job saving, that you're not getting too in love with certain amount of cash on hand and same thing with risk. So let's talk about that. A lot of times people who George are pumping money in religiously into their 401ks or IRAs, the riskometer, if you want to make that a word, is kind of broken because even when the market's down, they're not really noticing it that much because they're just adding money to these 401ks. And maybe instead, as we're getting older, let's say you've been pumping money into this for 20 years. At some point, you might want to have the conversation about rebalancing or readjusting and maybe taking some risk off of that, right? Absolutely. And uh, there's uh, two famous studies, generally called the Brinson studies, and they found that for pension funds, the most important determinant of their investment result is their asset allocation. How much was in stocks? How much was in large growth? How much was in real estate? And over time, that was responsible for more than 90% of their result, whether it was a good result or a bad result, it could be attributed to their asset allocation. But other studies have found that with individual investors, the number one determinant is what they do when the market goes down. And that's why it's so important that someone really know what their limit is and then make sure they never hit that limit. And we started an initiative last year, which I'm really proud of. We started using something called Riskalyze, and all of our clients have been through it. And it's different than normal risk tolerance questionnaires in a few ways. Number one, let me ask you, Mark, how yeah. upset would you be if your portfolio suddenly doubled? How upset would I be if it doubled? Not very upset. Yeah. I wouldn't be very upset at all. Okay. But if you went into the marketplace, the best practice in the industry is to use standard deviation, which measures risk is the difference between the tops and the bottoms. And if you want to reduce the bottom, you got to reduce the top. Okay. We switched to a system which we call the ulcer index. And what we measure is the things that people really do measure in making their investment decisions. And in the course of this, we actually found a use for geometry. I remember in high school, we said we'd never need any of this stuff, but we found a use for the hypotenuse. And basically, what we look at is how much the market goes down and how long it goes down. And that creates a triangle and we measure the hypotenuse and that's your ulcer index. Or some people call it the maximum drawdown. 
But in this new system, that's what we look at is the maximum drawdown, the, the thing that really makes someone have a, a bad investment result or a bad financial decision. The other aspect of it is it's kind of like an eye test, where in the past, people would answer the risk tolerance questionnaires, and they'd always add a little something to their answer, basically saying, P.S. George, don't lose any of my money. And with this new system, it's a psychometrically verified test. And it's kind of like an eye exam where you're looking at the ups and the downs and you're deciding which is, is, is it better? Is it worse? Is it better? Is it worse? And we found that it's very, very accurate in giving us where the client's breaking point is. And then we simply design portfolios so that we never trigger that. Gotcha. All right. Well, really interesting information here. And there's so much to goes into, you know, all these pieces. We're talking about just being a good, responsible saver. And yet you can see how it, all these things kind of facet and work together like puzzle pieces that all go together. And that's why it's so important to always make sure you're, you're working with an advisor and you're talking to your advisor about your own situation. And of course, if you don't have one, George is always available. You can reach out to him. You can go contact him a couple of ways. You can just call him if you've got questions or concerns at 215-699-1050. That's 215-699-1050. He is a wealth manager and chief tax strategist at McReynolds Wealth Management, serving you here in the Southeast Philly area, so PA area. So give him a call or go check him out online at prosperpodcast.com. All right, so if we're doing a good job saving, we're pumping money in to our 401ks and things of that nature, we are now successfully doing a great job at that, but we're also creating a future tax time bomb. Perfect terminology, Mark, because I have the website address for diffusethebomb.com. And <laughs> right. uh, that's something I've been working on for over a year now with the help of my friend Dan Capril, who's a great financial advisor in Cincinnati. And the people that write a lot of the financial advice are writing for the half of the people that don't spend any taxes, the unsuccessful people that fight and worry about money and not for the successful people. So they often say defer, defer, defer. And if you're successful financially, then you really need to take a look into the future and see where your taxes are going to be because odds are they're not going to go down when you retire. So we've come up with a uh, webinar at diffusethebomb.com and hopefully it'll be live by the time this podcast is released. And it's a webinar on diffusing that tax time bomb. It's figuring out where you're likely to be. It's, again, using the bucket mythology. If you listen to Ed Slott, the IRA expert, he says that the best time to pay taxes is never. And then the second best time to pay taxes is when they're low. So we teach you, or if we meet with you, we do it for you. We look at your money in the tax now bucket, the tax later bucket, and the tax never bucket. And for most people, it's pretty obvious what they need to do to diffuse their tax time bomb. For some people, it does make sense to pay later, but for most people, it, it's better to pay never. And there's ways that you can switch from the tax now and the tax later bucket into the tax never bucket. And that's what you'll see in the webinar, diffusethebomb.com. There you go. Diffusethebomb.com. That's a cool name. I like that. Well, let's finish off our, our conversation here on responsible savers with one final piece. And George, that's just the fact that people who do a good job saving, sometimes they're in such a good groove and a mode that when they get to actual retirement, they don't really want to see all that hard work diminish. So they try to not really use very much of it and they forget to really what the whole purpose was. And the purpose was to save money, to enjoy retirement, to live a little. So just don't forget to live a little in retirement. Absolutely. 
And so I think that's a great place for us to just segue and say, look, if, you're, if you've got questions, if you've got concerns, again, reach out to George or talk with your advisor. If you don't have an advisor, you want some help, give George a call at 215-699-1050. And again, go to prosperpodcast.com. Uh, click on the various links we have there for you. Subscribe to the podcast. Share this thing with others as well. And we'll finish up this week with an email question like we do from time to time. And uh, what do we got here? We've got Tom, and Tom is in Bluebell. And Tom says, George, I've heard many people say the only kind of life insurance you should ever buy is term insurance. Is that true? Well, that's just a, another uh, example of whether you're planning to be successful or unsuccessful. For unsuccessful people that just need insurance for a certain period of time, term is absolutely the best decision. But if you are successful and you are going to, run into some taxes or need more flexibility as your plans change, then term could be the wrong thing. And a perfect example, we've recently added a new life insurance team. We've got uh, three people helping us with life insurance, disability insurance, and long-term care insurance. And a friend of mine asked me to get some quotes for her for life insurance. And first thing I did was got a real quick term quote, but then I turned to the team and I said, what can you work up for her, guys? And they came up with quotes from 12 different companies. And they also looked at a couple permanent policies as well as the term. And in one case, a universal life policy was only $5 more per month. Now, the universal life is interest rate sensitive, but the big advantage for her is not that it builds up a cash value, but it gives her some flexibility. So with a 10-year level term policy, she just has the insurance for the 10 years, and then if she holds on to it, it goes up every single year after that. It becomes annual renewable term. But with the UL insurance, she has the ability along the way to lower the insurance. So if she starts with 250 now, but in 10 years she needs a little bit of insurance, she could lower it to 100 or to 50,000 and then lower her premium and still have a competitive insurance policy without having to go through medical underwriting. It just gives her a great deal of flexibility. And it's not about the taxes and it's not about the cash value. It's about matching her lifestyle. All right. So well, no, it's not always a good idea to buy to buy term insurance, and especially if you're financially successful. All right. Well, good question, Tom. Thank you so much for submitting that into prosperpodcast.com. I think that's going to do it for us for this week. So again, don't forget, go check out George online, share this uh, podcast with friends or family, subscribe to us so that way you can get future episodes as well as past episodes. And as always, if you hear something interesting or something useful before you take any action, always check with a qualified professional like George McReynolds, who is wealth manager and chief tax strategist at McReynolds Wealth Management, 215-699-1050. That's 215-699-1050. And George and I will see you next time here on the Prosper Podcast. George McReynolds of McReynolds Wealth Management, registered principal. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and McReynolds Wealth Management are not affiliated. Advanced level tax planning, income, tax preparation, life coaching, and time management consulting services, and fixed insurance products and services are separate and unrelated to Cambridge. Cambridge does not offer tax advice.